Great DJs deserve great music. That's why here at Desi BPM, we're giving professional DJs access to the first ever online DJ pool exclusively for Desi Music. Register your interest now and receive your first three months free at desibpm.com. Hi, I'm Chunt, and I'm a DJ. And I'm Mac, and I'm his MC. Mic check, one, two, one, two. We're just two northern lads who love music and good conversation. And this is our podcast, Roots and Rhymes. Yes, yes, people, you're back with your favourite British Asian music podcast, Roots and Rhymes, and I'm your host, Chuns. And I'm his co-host, Mac, right next to him, virtually anyway, and I am the rhymes to Chuns' roots. This week, we have another fantastic guest, one to tick off the bucket list, Mac, Jazz Dummy. Man, you know what? We talk about heavyweight artists, bro, and, and people that we were just wishing to interview, and we've got this guy, this guy, international superstar, and we have a fantastic insight into his history, and so so full of feeling isn't it Chuns it's so full of meaning and so full of it sentiment it's such a great episode yeah such a such a humble guy as well I mean obviously every, anything that he does it's, it's from the heart and it, it really comes through in uh, in the interview today really it, looking forward it to does. it does his, his experience his journey his you know his appreciation for different styles and different genres uh, it's such a fascinating listen let us know that you're locked in by adding us on all the socials at Roots and Rhymes. Also, if you enjoy this, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate and review. Let's roll it. Let's go. Roots and Rhymes. It's an absolute pleasure to introduce today's guest. From the age of nine, he's dedicated his life to the art of Indian classical music. He's collaborated with not only the British Asian music industry's big players, but also the likes of Stevie Wonder and Elton John. His distinctive vocals are unmatched by any British-born Punjabi vocalist, and he also dabbles in a bit of football. It's Jazz Dummy. How you doing, bro? Yes, how you doing? Welcome, bro. Thanks welcome. For, welcome, welcome. Thanks for the intro, guys. Thank no, you. no, no. Our pleasure, man. It's great to have you. Mm-hmm. Great to have you on the show. One, as we have said this season as well, we're really blessed to have another one ticked off our bucket list. You're, you're one that's been high up there and, and we're glad you can join us no nah, thank you man thank you for having me i think thanks for keeping it going and keeping people entertained man i know you guys have had a nice a nice run with this man people have been loving yeah this song, i mean it's a blessing really we kind of we did the season one and it was it had such a good response we thought let's come back for season two and it it helps that artists such as yourself are, are really backing us and they want to be on the show i mean if, if nobody really wanted to be on the show it would die a death but it's uh, it works both ways, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also given us the opportunity to. I mean, wait for us is it's passion first of all, isn't it? It's one of those things. Music is all about passion, but it's great to hear some of the people that we know, we've grown up with, we've listened to, get to really know the person behind the music, and that's really important because we know everyone gets to hear the tracks and see the yeah. and see the music videos and see the performances. But there's always that little bit of like, I wonder what you know, jazz dummies like outside of thing i wonder what influenced him i wonder what inspired him growing up and that's what the great thing about this podcast and what we're trying to do is just give people that full story document the history of of this uh, culture and this musical genre and and bring it to the people yeah it's wicked man Absolutely. wicked man so i, I just uh, first and foremost i want to say congratulations on the release of diva it's yeah, a smooth man. tune man oh, and I, I really really do like yeah. it it's a really good vibe on that one um and it's, it's done really well as well like we was just talking off air i mean 
social media is a great thing gives you some great response but it's a it's a cool tune yeah man it's, it's come out nice man i i wish clubs were open like especially in yeah. india mm. we could actually perform it but it's just like i think like we were just saying off air man it's like just a situation like we can release songs but i, I like to release a song and go and perform it but it is what it is but i'm getting love for it man that's the main thing i think um we made the song like literally like about a year and a half two mm. years ago man and mm. we shot the video last yeah. year just before last year um shut down and um and yeah man it's just i think the timing we thought the timing was right because pan- we thought india was out of the pandemic mm. and yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. Thought they were they, they've gone through their phase and now it's just going to open up and i was getting geared up for india like it's literally i was going to fly into india this week wow. and then i was going to be there until like august mm. september because the season started there. Mm. season started later mm. this year so but obviously it's so it's yeah, a mess it right is now, an absolute mess it? it's tragic what's going on over there um but the thing mm. is like like you said it it was gearing back up we saw we saw other artists going out and starting to perform and that kind of thing and obviously weddings starting again and that kind of thing but and it would have been a great yeah. dance floor mover this one and are you are you one of these artists that yeah. when you create a track you almost envisage how you're going to perform it at the same time and you and you kind of feel like what's the action going to be yeah because um what it is is like you kind of that's how I make videos as well mm. uh, i always i always make the song and then whilst i'm making it i visualize how the video is yeah. going to be <laughs> so that kind of inspires me to write the rest of the yeah. song and then obviously um when i do the video i, I kind of go down and, and check, check out all the mainstream videos that have been released and take a little parts make my own little mm. edit and then go to a director make the video and then that's how i picture it being being um kind of um people responding yeah, to yeah, it as yeah, well absolutely. that kind of vibe mm. like, we've, we've done that for so many songs man it's brilliant so um so um, I, I, I had a vision for it, how I'm going to perform it, how it's going to go mm. down. But it's um, it's great that people are liking it online. But I yeah. want to go go out there and perform. I know. Yeah, it, yeah. You start getting yeah. uh, start getting itchy, and you want to you want to get up and you want to get on stage. Absolutely. But I mean, it's it mad. Is, it is. I tell you what, it's like it's like um, it almost feels like when you first start making music. Mm. Yeah, when I first started making music, um. You met, I made songs, and but I didn't know how they did mm-hmm. until I went out there and performed. Like I remember, I did a song. My, my first performance song was um, "Road Me," yeah. and that was 2000, 2009, 2008. And I and I dropped it, and I didn't know how it went down. Like and at the same time, I used to perform a um, "Take You Money," mm-hmm. my, my yeah, first yeah. Punjabi like dance song. I would say for the UK, and that same kind of time it would go down and then anyway i didn't online it wasn't doing as well roger Millier was but when i go out and perform it it was doing really really well mm. and i think that's that's how i feel right now about the records like i know this records are doing well online well a little mm. bit online but i'm not going to know until how until i go out there and actually perform them man. right yeah. so um i know i, I want to get out there man and do it but <laughs> it, it, <laughs> can't do it, man. <laughs> like, i know that's one of the unique you know, things <laughs> such a good point man because that's one of the unique things about performance i mean like you're in yeah. you're in one of those industries where you know millions and millions of people hear your stuff but you don't get the feedback unless you perform the track like you know people like it you can statistically yeah. see how well it's doing number of yeah. views, number of downloads, whatever it might be. But yeah. it's like, you don't get the vibe that what parts people are enjoying. You get the numbers, you just don't the get moments, the lyrics, the, the, the sections. Yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't, yeah. And you know, it's so mad, yeah, because there's some songs that of mine um, I've, I've, I've done and I've released 
and online they're not crazy they haven't got crazy numbers mm. like, there was a song I did called Sitare with Tiger Style uh, around 2014 mm. 2015 and it's I mean it did alright it's got like 10 million mm. hits something like that yeah but I always thought it did okay but damn when I went to India bro it. it was everyone was requesting it so I was thinking mm. how are they how did they even know the song I remember I was at I was at this award show called Jima mm. Awards like it's basically independent stroke like Bollywood kind of awards I was on a red carpet getting interviewed and some guy was like, yeah, he started singing that song. And usually it's high heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. high heels yeah. and Bombay, especially. But, and it was that song. I, was like, I, got, I said to him after the interview, how do you even know that song? He goes, I love that song. It's a sick tune. I'm like, that's mad. Mm. It's, crazy. it's crazy how different countries catch on to, to different vibes as well. You know, like yeah. when you see artists, they, they sometimes release music for certain markets especially because they know yeah. that kind of thing hits. But it's always nice to kind of get a surprise that a tune that you think usually is quite doing quite average in one country is absolutely smashing another one. It's yeah. always special. But I, I, I do want to make a special mention as well right now for, for two of the tracks that you released. One was um, Keep Moving with DJ Frenzy. That was a beautiful oh. song. And I especially want to just draw attention to the movie that was created as a result of that as well and some real issues that it it, um, it brought to light and I think at a very apt time as well it must have been great being a part of a project like that oh man like I think the timing couldn't be couldn't, couldn't be more perfect mm. Man. Mm. like me and like Frenzy were speaking about the, when we started the project it was actually meant to be for um, we made the project started the project for a film project mm. um, for a, a Punjabi movie uh, and the title and everything was different the, even the hook line was different but the melody was like, when we made the melody, it came out sick. And then that didn't really come through in the way we thought it would come through. So we thought, you know what? We still want to do the song and we still like the vibe. Let's just work on it. And we literally, we made the song and it was meant to come out last, year before last, it was 550 years ago, not the yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, it was, um, it was last two years ago. And then we were well gutted about it. And I was thinking, wow. Shit, man, we didn't we didn't get it in on time, you know. It, 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 we should have had it out, and um, and we kept going back and forth with different music um, video directors as well. And we couldn't, just couldn't get it right. And we went for like so many different options, like shooting in India, shooting in Canada, shooting in the UK. We had a whole team sorted for the UK, but then which it just kind of like felt it just came together like for this period, man. I think it was perfect because I think everyone around the world needed it, even though it would have been. Especially because around that same period, um, it, we had that issue with the, with the Sardar yes. kid who got bullied. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, around, obviously, COVID hit mm. and everyone was going, mm. it's, it's obviously affected everybody in a severe, severe way, mentally, I'd say, as well. Um, and around the same pe- period, I think um, uh, Megan Marco as well, she, I think she had, she, she spoke out about her, about her miscarriage as well. And like, and these are all issues that we actually had them, we had them written out and storyboarded before these waves were kind of mentioned like in, in like the public eye so it kind of it came in so, so well together because the world was the world had their eyes on like things like uh, miscarriage the world had, had, the world had their eyes on things like bullying in schools with like kids with like with, with, with um, gutio or turbans and whatnot and then obviously we had covid as well which is a massive mental health issue yeah, so um, so it kind of just came together beautifully and, and um, I think I've got to give Gotta give props to props to like Frenzy man because like, he's he was so mm. on it. 
he wanted to get it out, but he wanted it to be perfect in terms of the way it's put together. He didn't want just a normal music video of us just singing the yeah. song and, and, you know, just it being about us because it wasn't about us. Like, I think the issue that we've, the issues that we've mentioned in the, in the song and lyrically and also visually, they're bigger than any artist because everyone in the world is either going through it or they've been through it or they've, they've got someone that has, has been through it. So we thought around that period, we were like, you know what, we, we kind of like mutually kind of like decided that we don't need to be in the music video. Like, let's let's have actors act out the whole thing, and maybe come, maybe have it, maybe have an appearance right at the end. And that's exactly what happened, you know, yeah, with, with the whole yeah. project. And I think Bao Dior. I mean, I'm not sure if people that are watching or listen to this know who Bao Dior is. He's he's an actual movie director. Mm. He does like all the massive Punjabi yeah. films that you've seen, like that coming been mm. coming out from Gippy and that Ardas. A lot of the stuff he's been like either directing or shoot or physically like DOPing or uh, or shooting the um, films as well so he when he heard the song he loved yeah. it and he was like I want to be on board and um he just made it happen he just smashed I think it. I think you I think the beauty Amazing. of that um jazz is that obviously you did want it to, uh, want to bring it out for um 550th anniversary good burp which is a beautiful time to do it especially with the lyrics of the song being really apt for that but I think yeah. what's important is that it was almost um, written that it should have been put out later on because that's where you, that's where it was probably best fitted in the scenario that people were yeah. in at the time. So I think credit to to Frenzy, as you say, he's he's a refreshingly great yeah. DJ and producer, and he's a, a great visionary as well when it comes to these kind of things, and he's changing stuff up yeah. in the industry really well. But also as well, you released a fantastic. With Cooley and J1 for the Kassans as well. Really different. I see you. I see, I see you in the top. Yeah, man. Definitely. Top. <laughs> love this top. Love this. Love the love the branding for it as well. And I think yeah. what's great about that is it kind of it showed a great side to you that you could be so diverse in the in the way your vocals were on that song as well, which I'm a massive fan of the the way that you sung them. But also at the same time the beat and and that the fact that we've got this Abraagiza who's who's almost making drill style beats and just showing that off yeah. as well is fantastic and obviously all the all the money going towards the Carl side is, is an even bigger thing it must have been great to be a part of that as well oh wicked mate it's like um, that was like the it was it couldn't have come at a better time for me in terms of the way the project came about because I was I'll be straight with you guys I was frustrated man because like obviously sitting out out of India obviously I live in India like most of the year six seven months a year and living uh, in India and then being in England stuck in England for so long and seeing everything that's going on in, in India and especially in Delhi with the Punjab and with the Punjab mm. farmers I should say and the Kassans you know it was frustrating because I come from that background like my, my, my grandfather was a, was a Kassan and that's that's exactly where we've come from and where my forefathers come from grandfather and, and our generations have come from so seeing how they were treated it was so frustrating man And but and I, I, I kept thinking I need to do something I need to do something and my family was like saying Yo, you're a singer. You need to do something about it because the, you've got the tools to do it. And I was just frustrated, thinking, "What can I do? Like, who who can I get on board?" And I, I want to make sure it's perfect. But also, 
all of our Punjabi kalakars from Punjab, they, they had it boxed yeah. off. They had the whole of India boxed off with all the wicked, wicked yeah, Kisan songs. And, and they just had that real fire built up in like every single person that was probably following the protests yeah. as well. Even at the protest sites, they had these massive, they had yeah. all the singers there yeah. representing and, and, uh, and keeping people in Jagdiglai. It was brilliant. Is brilliant and and also not only them. It's people like us. Like when we're going to the protests in the UK, like in London and mm. Birmingham, or even in Canada and America, wherever they're protesting, they were the songs that were being played. You know what I mean? And mm. I thought they've got it boxed off. They've got it locked up. And, and I was thinking, okay, that's not maybe not the angle that I should go down. Or maybe I should do something that's going to be more collaborative with that's kind of um, kind of go towards kind of um, the younger generation that don't understand Punjabi properly, right? And then, like, literally when I was thinking of that, Cooley's manager hit me up with the beat and the song. It was mad. Mm. It was mad, man. Like, how it happened. And, um, yeah, and, and then after that, I mean, when he sent me the song, he said it's... Um, it was a bit... I, I'm going to be straight with you about how I was feeling when I, when, um, I was sent it. So my manager sent me it. Uh, I remember it was four o'clock in the morning, and I was like, "She goes, um, it's a it's a farmer song that they want you to do." And loads of people were hitting me up with, with like lyrics and songs. By the way, uh, to but it just wasn't working for me. It wasn't it wasn't fitting me as a British yeah. Punjabi. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so when he sent me this, and he was like, "It's on the drill beat," and I was like, "Drill beat? How's that gonna work? Yeah. Like, it's mad." And then all the parts yeah. that. The I've sang on it was all empty. It was just rap verses, mm. and I heard it and I was like, "No man, this sounds mad." Yeah. Like it was like four o'clock in the morning, literally, man. Like I played it and I went to sleep. I heard it. I was like, "That's sick." And I, and and in the morning I got up and I just like thought, "Yo, let me hear it again." And I heard it again. I was like, "Yeah, man, this is bad." I go send me the instrumental. Got the instrumental. Bro, it's like literally, man. I think that fire that's building up inside me, man, it just came out. I just yeah, whacked it, was. it you out. Can, like, you can just... definitely hear the passion in in the lyrics and and the way that you executed that on, on that track. Unbelievable. Thanks, man. And then and then from that, it's just yeah, we just I penned the lyrics with one of my writers in Punjab because I wanted to get it right for um, for the people in the UK, mm. but also people in Punjab as well. They need to understand. Yeah. Mm. Well, people mm. in the UK need to understand what I'm speaking mm. about. But also, it's got to relate to how they're feeling as well. Because I was, I lived yeah. there, so I had, I had that feeling inside yeah. me anyway. So laced it down, and then yeah, man, and that's that's kind of how it happened. And then I want to kind of speak about the merchandise, man, because mm. because um, um, Punjab's finest man, Billah, he's a jazz. He's like he came through sick, man, because it was mad. Because around Kuli, I, 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 I was saying to him, the producer for the song, like. And what's what's going to be the name of the song? Is it going to be Kassan? He was like, oh, he goes, yeah, man, it's going to be called Kassan. And like about literally two weeks ago, I was checking out, two weeks before the song, I was checking out all of Punjab finding, like, the, the, I, I buy his yeah, gear yeah. anyway. Like, he does, I don't think he even knows, but he knows now, but <laughs> I don't think he um, knew that I was just buying his stuff because I was just supporting yeah. him because a lot of his money it goes does, to charity, yeah. especially Absolutely. if it's, well, I'd say all of it goes to charity, I think. Yeah, he's put a disclaimer um, on the website. It says all, all, all. Um, I think profits basically go to go to charity, which is fantastic. Exactly. So I've just been supporting him. My missus have been supporting him as well. And I was like, "Oh, this guy is wicked, man!" And, and literally, my manager was like, um, 
yo, you should check out his new gums. They're quite sick, mm. you know? And mm. they were called Kassan. Like, the top was called Kassan. I was like, this is perfect. What it's I love about be, it, you know what I mean? it, it looks like the old Raiders yeah. logo. And it's it's got, yeah. that's what yeah, I love yeah, about yeah, it, it man. Yeah, and then obviously you've got the ones that look like yeah. Jordan and that kind of stuff. And I think that's why I thought, you know what? This, yeah. is, this is great stuff, man. That's absolutely love it. And, and I think it just all came together. Like everything came together. Like all the rappers, uh, hats off to the rappers, J1 and all mm. of them, man. Because in Thames, man, they, they, the one thing I was, in, I was inspired by them, to be honest, like more than anything, mm. because they're people that are from completely different backgrounds. You know, they're not, they're not, yeah, yeah. they're not people that maybe doesn't follow what's going on in India. Probably heard about mm. stuff, but as soon as uh, Kuli has probably mentioned it to him that, you know what? There's an issue going on in Punjab and in, in India and in Delhi, and it's a it's a human human rights violation. We you guys need to talk about this. Literally, they studied it and they rapped about it, and then that's what inspired yeah, me, and that's yeah. what that's how I delivered what I delivered, and, and even the video, everything, everything just came together, yeah. man. It was just, it was just you know what's what's great what you're saying there as well, Ro, is that like you're right about it's not just people jumping on the hype yeah. when you hear when you hear that kind of stuff like they obviously educated themselves yeah. to know what was going on because, you know, like sometimes some people can like, there's a movement going on and, and, you know, people just get hype about it because everyone else is talking about yeah. it. But what was different about this is it really felt like the people who were pushing the message out there had done the research mm -hmm. first and that made it more powerful rather than just a hype movement. It was a real movement of educated people talking about something really important. Exactly. And and I think is, yeah, one thing we wanted to do was we wanted it to be the soundtrack for people that are from um from england from outside of india that that under they don't understand punjabi mm. like I mean, we had subtitles for like for my stuff yeah. as well and we wanted it to be like a like for example we've got we've all got like white friends black friends that are different from different communities mm. as well that don't understand punjabi i wanted this to be the trap for my nephew or my cousin to be like yo you don't know what's going on in india do, mm. do you and they'll be like nah i don't, I don't have a clue what's going down Here's a soundtrack. Listen to it. this. Will, this would explain everything mm -hmm. what's going down. Mm -hmm. And that's what it became for a lot of young, like my nephews and they were like, you're at school, man. Like everyone's been banging it and, and, and they get what's going down. And that's because we've got a, a, a song or something to kind of like educate them. That's in a cool, in a cool, like Absolutely. manner, in a drill, on a drill beat. Yeah. And that's what was sick about the record. Man. Okay. I was so happy yeah. I did that, man. It's like, it's massive because it, it made an impact. Mm -hmm. Number one, um, number two, it all the proceeds went to a charity to Carlsaid, big up Carlsaid yep. is well for supporting it. And also mm. all the merchandise. I mean, we raised over ten thousand pounds, man, just from the merchandise. So that's and that's all going to charity as well. So brilliant. It's it's it's, it's just a win-win, man. I think we're gonna continue pushing it. And and obviously it's still going the issues in in, in Delhi are still going. Obviously, it's all been overshadowed with with the COVID mm. situation in, in Delhi right now in India. But the farmers are still there protesting. Man. Still there. We're not forgetting about that. We're, we're, we're still, our hearts are still there, yeah. man. Like for them people, you know what I mean? Rewind. Let's take it back. Know your roots. Jazz Dummy hailing from Hansworth, Birmingham. It's no secret that your dad was a, a prolific percussionist uh, for a lot of the Midland singers in the 80s. And of course, he had his own band, Sangam Group. So we can imagine yeah. just how much Punjabi music was a part of your early years setting, especially at home. But just how interested yeah. were you in in Punjabi music at, in them early years? Were you completely drawn in by it or was it something that was quite passive? Um, you know, in all honesty, yeah, if I'm being straight up, I wasn't as interested in Punjabi music. 
I was more into it sounds crazy yeah like especially when I was like probably seven eight years old I was into more pop like the top of the yeah, pops yeah, that yeah. stuff and that was that was my mm, thing yeah, yeah but yeah. when when we used to be at home um my dad had like a he had like a loft conversion um and every week he'll have two uh, practice sessions with his band so I just sit there in the sessions and watch him mm. play and when they're gigs I, I'd sometimes go with them as well on gigs yeah. so it was obviously is in me but and also my dad was part of a Bhangra group as well so he's always there's always Bhangra dancing yeah. going down and something going down so um it was always there but it wasn't like oh I'm going to do music it was never no. that I was never going to I never thought I was going right. to do music man. it's almost so close to you to an extent that you almost discard it and you you end up paying more attention like you say to pop music I mean especially early 90s uh, when you're 7 8 years old you 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 listen yeah. to like Michael Jackson and that kind of stuff aren't you they're the kind of things yeah. that uh, are cool to listen to and almost this is just a part of your yeah. your home life but obviously when you were around nine yeah. years old you, your dad kind of discovered that you you had this talent probably from sitting in on a lot of the sessions and picking all that stuff up that you you ended up realizing um that you had a talent for for music so yeah, he, he decided to enroll you then, didn't he? Under the tutelage of a, a legendary star, the Ajit Singh Mutlachi, who is responsible, and it, I think he calls yeah. them them his musical sons. People like Shindi uh, from DCS and and uh, Sukhinder yeah. Shinda and uh, Mesopuria as well. Just a just to yeah, name yeah, a few, yeah. a, a whole list of British Asian singers. Did you understand the gravity of the opportunity that you were given at this point by by him being your star, then your dad kind of setting you off on this path? Um, to be honest, I didn't, man, because, um, I knew, like, I knew at, around that period, I wasn't following, um, Chindapaji, mm. I wasn't following Shindi TS, you know what I mean? I was just, I was just a kid yeah. and listening to whoever. Around that period, I listened to a lot of suffering, if I'm oh, honest. Yeah. yeah. Like, like this, I remember back in the days when we used to go to the, um, music shop, Roman Music Bank on Summer mm. Road, um, and Jason's as well. Um, it, they always had like Sufri mm. playing, always. Classic and, and Yeah, and I remember the white cassette as well when my dad bought it and he put mm. it in and I was like, yo, this is wicked. That's what inspired me, you know? Really? Like, that's kind of what I thought, yo, yeah. this is bad. Because my dad kept banging it in the car mm. as well. Um, so, that's what kind of inspired me. I was like, this this is this, this is wicked. That's what kind of introduced me to Punjabi music, man, if I'm honest. But, um, right. going back to what you say about my, my Ustadji, um I'm not sure if you heard the story, but my dad kind of, he kind of, I don't know how he, he tested us, like all three of us, like me, I've got a brother and a mm. sister and we were just chilling one day on a, on a Sunday, on a Sunday evening. Um, like I, I remember I was, I was, I was laying on my dad, I was only a kid, man, <laughs> laying on my dad's chest and my brother was with me, my sister was with me, just chilling on the sofa and you just, you just, I was just lying there and saying, yo, why don't you guys try this song? Like, try singing this line. I can't remember mm. what it was. And we all went through it. And then I sang it in mm. key. Like, sister did it, brother did it, and I sang it in key. Mm. And that's what it was like. How did you know that note? Like, how did yeah. you know that, that that it was that note? And I said, I don't know. I just, I, it was just, I'm just singing what you've told me to sing. And then from that, he was like, a few little, he, he tried, he made a, little, a couple of more like little, little challenges up for us. And I was just, I was just doing them. And then my brother was like great on keyboards. He was wicked on mm. keyboards around. I remember them, man. He would just pick up stuff yeah, really yeah. quick. So um, 
So he got me enrolled with Madlashi Ji because my dad was having lessons after okay. as well. But the way it happened was with him, mm-hmm. like my dad took me down to his um um his teach in a school called Spark Hill School in mm. Birmingham. It was on the, I remember on the second floor, man. It's nuts. <laughs> I still remember that. Um and he was like, um, look, uh, this is just Winder, yeah, my son. And um and um I want to see if you think he can he can sing. And he was like, All right. He goes, um, played a couple of notes and I just followed exactly what he was playing in the yeah. bhajan and and he goes, Yeah, he can do it. You can definitely do it. So from then my dad mm. actually stopped having lessons and he started getting paying for me to have lessons. Wow. I remember that around after about three wow. months he stopped. Because you know what? I'm just going to work on him. So he just put everything into me. It's man. amazing how he invested, not just, I mean, not just talking financially, but he invested that, that time and that energy in, in pushing yeah, you, not, you through. And obviously now we, we yeah. know it's, it's paid dividends. It's, it's a really beautiful story about how that came about. Just, just on that, Jazz, when, you know, when, when you're little and your parents kind of say, oh, you should do this because it's good for you, or you should take this up, yeah. or you should learn this. We, what, what, what was your, what was your feelings around it? Was it like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll give this a shot and see where it goes. Or were you like obsessed by music at that point where, you know, some people kind of learn an instrument when they're young and it's like, it's, it's good, it's good for development to learn an instrument or it's good for kids to do. How, how did you feel about it back then? Was it something that you really were into? Or I just, just gave it a go. It, a go? Yeah. it was like, yeah, I'm going to do mm. it. But, but as I was learning, it was like my dad was preparing me for the, for the big challenge. And that was India. Mm. I mean, going and learning in mm. India. Yeah. It was like more, but before that, before like from nine to like sixteen, it was just like, yeah, um, I was just enjoying it. Um, sometimes I didn't feel like practicing. I didn't practice for like a couple of days, then I got back to it. But mm. in between that, I kind of as the more I did it, the more I got yeah. into it. But no one really knew I was doing singing mm. lessons because I was a really shy kid, mm. man. I didn't want no one to know at school that I was a singer. Like there's some six singers in my yeah. school, but I, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want them to know that I was a singer. So. I was the pianist at school. Right. So everyone knew me as a, as a, as a right. keyboard yeah, player yeah, yeah. and the pianist. That's what I was known mm. as at school. So all my schoolmates now, when they seem like, we didn't even know you sang, man. Like, how did that happen? But it's not. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've always sang, just no one knew. So uh, what I'd like to know though, Jazz, is obviously I, I find it interesting that you said that it was, it was Safri who really sparked your interest in Punjabi music, especially UK Punjabi music. Anyway, but... Yeah. The training that you were doing is was very much, correct me if I'm wrong, heavily focused on classic Indian singing techniques or rag and all that kind of stuff. So spending so yeah. much time training classically, was, was there yeah. much opportunity for you to really, moving into your teen years, enjoy what was happening in UK music culture? Was that almost become an aim, like, I want to sing Punjabi? Or were you so focused on the classical side of things that almost it, everything else took a back seat? Um, you know when I first when I first started learning yeah, it was it was I didn't even sing Punjabi songs. Mm. I sang Hindi yeah. songs, Bollywood mm. songs. That was because that was my dad loved Bollywood stuff. He loves it. Mm. He loved a couple of Punjabi singers, like he loved Mangal Singh, yeah. he loved Safri, and he loved Sardu Sikandar. Mm-hmm. Um they were his favorite yeah. singers and they might they're my favorite singers from that era mm. as well. You know what I mean? And then and then Bollywood singers, he loved Muhammad Rafi, he loved Lata Mahishka, Asha He loved mm. all them. So my thing was the first song I ever learned was actually a Hindi song mm. from a film called Janam, I remember. Mm. Um, and and um, that was the first song. And I, wanted, I was thinking, I want to sing Hindi songs. Punjabi songs wasn't really a thing for me, yeah. you know what I mean? But being a Punjabi, you can't, you can't dismiss no. it. It's, it's something that it's, 
it's just in you, yeah. isn't it? It's just, it's there. It's always going to be there. But um, singing classical stuff as well, I, I didn't really rate Punjabi mm. stuff as well. Because, you know, when you get, when you start getting deep into classical music, you think that classical is the only form of singing that is great. Everything else is like easy, yeah. which is, it's false. Mm. That's like complete mm. false information that I was given um, by other people, not my teachers, because they understood that Punjabi um, music, Punjabi singing, uh, folk singing, um, Bollywood singing, and Ghazal singing, and every other form, there is this, there's a technique for each form, and every form should be like respected. Absolutely. But when you meet other mm. classical people, they're like, "That's not singing. That's just shouting, or that's just like that's not the, that's not correct because it's not in this rag and mm. all that." It, they get all technical yeah. with it, but um, yeah. So, but Punjabi was never like going back to what you're saying. Punjabi was never. Um, it was never something that I thought I was going to delve into. Yeah. I thought it would just be Bollywood music and maybe like light mm. Punjabi songs. Not like Mongol Singh. Mm. He had a lot of Punjabi songs, but they weren't hardcore. Yeah. Like they weren't Kisan kind no. of songs, for example, mm. or Punjabi Bolly. They were really like soft Punjabi songs. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I, I think I grew into it, man. I just started loving it, especially living in Punjab because that's all I le- that's what I he- heard in Punjab. Just Loads of loads of Punjabi folk music. Yeah, loads well, of it. Uh, bringing bringing to that point about living in Punjab, it was obviously early noughties. You uh, you were sixteen years old and um, just finished your GCSEs, you, and your dad makes the decision for you to move out to the Bind. Um, you, so you already dedicated most of your teen years to to being trained here in the UK, and you move away yeah. from your friends, your family, and subsequently being detached from the Western norms. How did you feel yeah. about that? Was it was this when you started believing in yourself more that hang on I'm going to take this far and this is this is what I have to do or was it kind of you were you were just rolling with it and continuing on this wave? I was kind of rolling with it but then I knew like if I want to learn like properly with with no distractions the only way I can do it is living in yeah. India. It just and and I'm saying that because you can't do it living in in England or wherever else in the world it's just I wanted to know how to speak proper Punjabi mm. and I think to, to learn how to read and write Punjabi properly, pronounce things properly. Not only that, I wanted to learn Hindi mm. as well. And I wanted to be in that environment because um, I just think when you're in an environment, you just pick things up so naturally. Like you, think, you pick Absolutely. random things up mm. that you don't even think you're, you're, you, you don't even mm. think about, you just pick things up. Like even, even the, the dialect, I mean, cause I think living in England, I want to learn Punjabi. I'll be able to sing in Punjabi. Yeah. But the dialect would have been different. The way I pronounce words, the mm. way I understand stuff, it would have been totally different. And I wouldn't be able to relate to people that's in Punjab, that are singing in, from Punjab mm. as well. Living there and living a bend life, I understand that even the songs that are coming out now, I can relate to them. And it's mad because I'm born and brought up here, mm. but because I've lived in the bend and I've, I've had that real bendu yeah. experience, you know I mean? I can, I can relate to it, man. I can have conversations with anybody about as a mean about governments and everything because I've absolutely and I, I think oh, what's good as well is yeah. like you said you live in the UK yes you can learn Punjabi and you can speak Punjabi and sing etc but it's almost uh, for lack of a better word like a tutti Punjabi it's, it's UK Punjabi right but whereas in India if you're in it you've got like different dialects like Dwabe and, and that kind of stuff that dialects that different mm. people speak and it's, it's really good that you you wanted to go out and get that experience but at the same time these were yeah. very influential years that you were going through. Sixteen years old, like these are the years that people discover themselves and 
and that kind of thing. So yeah. British Asian music culture was massive at the time when you were over there. We, yeah. we were coming through with yeah. people like RDB and Rishi Rich Project and Zeus. They were doing big yeah. things yeah. at the time. Did you kind of miss out on that that part of it? And you were kind of late to the party as such, or were you kind of tracking it when you were over there as well? And did you have an interest? To be honest, I was lucky because my, my brother would send me like tapes. <laughs> tapes like every couple mm. of months send me tapes yeah. whoever came to India they'll bring the tapes yeah, yeah. I'll be blasting them in my car so I was with like even all this Craig David um, uh, time the, the, that that kind of vibe and also um, was it so confused I think Ragged, yeah, Ragged, like, yeah yeah so yeah Ragged. all around that time yeah, yeah. 2014 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and mad because I, I connected to it and not knowing they were massive they just sounded like sick tunes it's like, amazing sick. that you weren't even in the environment but yet you you still could because sometimes you're influenced by music, aren't you? The, the music that people are listening to yeah. around you. But nobody was listening to the So Confused, Raghav and, and, and Craig oh, David really? Born to Do It and stuff like that. No, but you, you were really like feeling it, <laughs> even though you're... It was good to like that more Morris. Yeah, absolutely. Like that absolutely. My Morris album was massive. It's a massive album. So, yeah, but I was still connected to it because I'm, I'm born and brought up here, absolutely. man. So, like, everything is about yeah. the UK. Like, even now... But well, a lot of it is around the UK and I've got parts of me that are from Punjab mm. as well. But the one thing I want to say is that mm. the one thing India really gave me, Punjab really gave me is the understanding of, of content. Yeah. You know, I think in the UK, there's, um, we have artists that are great um, Punjabi speakers mm. as well. Um, but I think mm. the one thing, I'm not saying I'm, I'm better than anybody, but I think the one thing I understood when I lived there was, is the, is the stuff that they like. Yeah. You know, that's why I had songs like Buddy There. Mm, um, mm. I had songs like um, Take Care of Nature, yeah, yeah. which these were like real Pendu Absolutely. lyrics. And it's simply because my mind was very Punjab. It was like, I always thought of Punjab and how mm. someone in Punjab would react to, or someone living in the UK. That Buddy There, for example, it was a song about a brother that's left mm. his his brother in, in, in Punjab. And that was a scenario around that period. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw so many people, some yeah, of my mates, yeah. their brothers left for Canada and they were upset. They were That that emotion stayed with me. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's one thing I learned mm. when I was living there. And that's something that you can't learn in the UK because you're not, you yeah. haven't experienced Absolutely. that. Yeah. You know, when you, when you experience yeah. music yeah. In, in an environment where, where it's, it's, it's so prominent that that sound or if that, even that vibe is so prominent and it's come from that, you know, you can only, it's like football, for mm. example, like if someone said to me, like um, the Cantona period, like, and you can study it all you want. Sorry. Sorry. You, can yeah. study, you can study it all you want. But the thing is, um, if you didn't live that era of, of football, you're not going to connect to it. Now, I mean, even Ronaldo, for example, yeah. now, yeah, one of the greatest football players in the world, you know what I mean? And obviously before it was Maradona or Pele, whoever it was, right? And Messi as well. If you haven't lived that period, you'll never understand what no. it is. I think that's what happens yeah, to yeah. about music as well. Like when you experience yeah. that vi- that that vibe and 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 that environment, and it's different. It's just so different, man. That's such a great point, man. That is such a great point because there's a there is a difference between knowing a story yeah. and feeling a story because that story is your yeah. story. And I think you know what what your music is. The art form is exactly, storytelling, yeah. isn't it? You're you're not just you're not just singing a song oh, with music, lyrics that yeah. you know sound good. You, you're you're yeah. telling a story, and you know to be able to perform that story, you have to 
yeah. you have to know it, don't you? Otherwise, the lyrics aren't true to you. They're not going to come out as true through I think your voice. It's yeah. funny you what you're saying here, Matt, because that's, that's such this a is great almost point, the exact man. conversation that we had with Bidu. Yeah, when we spoke to Bidu about Bidu. when he was yeah, singing yeah. for Great Indian yeah. Dancers, and and the Great Indian Dancers yeah. were teaching him he, the these folk bullia. He didn't understand Bedla and he was just singing it. And they was like, no, 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 you're not singing it right because you're not understanding the story. You're not understanding the sentiment of it. And once he learned the yeah. story and the sentiment and every single lyric, he could perform it in such a different way. And you yeah. you emphasize certain words, the way you sing inflictions on and so yeah. it mm. that all mm. rolls into it because you've experienced it and yeah. you're you're you've been put in that yeah. scenario. I think that's yeah. you're right, Max. Such a fantastic point that Jazz makes. I I love that. And you know, it's it is it's an it's an amazing point. And I also love the way that like you you've kind of what I'm hearing is like it's almost the some in some ways the reverse of other people's stories where they're in the UK, but they're trying to soak up what's happening in India. Yeah. They try to soak up what's happening in the Punjab and write it. But you're kind of the opposite way around, whereas you're there experiencing it, but then just hearing what's going on in the UK, receiving the tapes, getting the stories from what's yeah. going on back here. It's kind of like almost yeah. the opposite to a lot of the way that I haven't done it with it. Like, I'm not saying all my songs have that mm. have, I mean, I, do, I have commercial songs that yeah. have no attachment. Mm. Like it's just, it's just a great, I make, I sometimes make like making like songs that are just fun, like high yeah. heels. Zulfa, Zulfa. Yeah. But I have a couple of songs where I just, I feel like it's, it's a proper expression. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's showing what's mm. going on in my mind. Like Buddy Day was yeah. one of them. You know, Punjabi Boli was one mm. of them. Turiya Turiya Jaw was one of them. Keep Moving yeah. was one yeah. of them. And yeah. now Kassan's one of mm. them as well. I think like these, um, I've, I've, I've kind of wanted to keep that element of me because that's what showcases you as an Absolutely. artist. You know what I mean? That's an expression. But mate, I mean, every song is an expression, yeah. Yeah. but you can only do it in some songs. I mean, there's artists out there like Sirtaj and Gurdas Mansab that have been able to do it all their the whole careers. Mm. You know what I mean? And they they're blessed to be doing that and mm. people understanding that, but also they've got the, they've got the ability to deliver that yeah. in their music again and again. Whereas um, a lot of artists, yeah. they go their whole career and they don't have any, any substance to their Absolutely. music, which is fine as well, because we all like songs. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, mm. it's like pop singers and, yeah, and, yeah. and classicals. Yeah. It, it's, it's just, it ticks a box and people like that kind of thing. And they're happy, they're happy yeah, doing yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. But I, I like that you mentioned Sardaj. I mean, the good thing about Sardaj is obviously some some of his music is almost poetic to the point that yeah, all of it, yeah, right? like you sometimes you can't even understand it unless you break it down. Um, it's it's mm. so well written, and I, I think yeah. what's really good about it was such an influential period of time that was when you were in India. I think you were there for what a, a year or so out there, and yeah. then when you returned, you you were a bit of a loose end education wise. You kind of. You didn't know what yeah. you're doing, college, uni, that kind of thing. And um, yeah. you made friends and started uh, dabbling in production, uh, messing around yeah, what's yeah. going on there. But the real opportunity came when you were offered a, a place at the Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts and uh, the yeah, yeah, the yeah. Paul McCartney uh, uh, School of Music, I think it was. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. How did that opportunity come around and what what made you go in that direction? What did you learn there? So I'll be straight with you. I was doing an IT course here, um, information technology course, yes. and I hated it. I, I, I mean, I love computers. I love the way they do, but um, it was just wasn't for me. I just did it because I thought, because yeah. I didn't, I wasn't great at school. I mean, I wasn't, 
I, I was more um, on the music side. That was my thing. You know, I mean, music was like always the number one mm-hmm. thing at school mm-hmm. as well, in terms of like piano and whatnot. But um, I was trying to get into a, into a music A level, and I couldn't get into the actual course because I only had grade five piano. Because there's eight grades in yeah. piano, you have to be grade seven to get into A level mm-hmm. music. So I couldn't get into it. I don't know why I'm telling you guys this, but no, anyway. no, please, it's, uh, it's <laughs> um, all good. I couldn't. Get, I couldn't <laughs> we want to hear it all, bro. And, um, we want to hear it all. Man. And I was like, um, oh, shit, man, what, what do I do? And anyway, around that period, one of my mates, um, one of my cousin's nephews was at Paul McCartney School of Music. Mm. He was like, why don't you try for Lipper? Like, why don't you try going, applying for the university? I was like, I ain't going to get it. Like, I, I've done Indian classical music. Like, they don't care about Indian classical yeah. music in the UK. You know what I mean? They just care about Western classical music mm. or jazz or, yeah. or alternative, like that kind of stuff them kind of vibes mm. and then um he's like just apply for it see what happens and then around that period i used to meet my my, my security guard in my college he used to make garage music sick yeah, like yeah. grime yeah more garage yeah. vibes yeah and mm. every wednesday there was a class that used to run like a production class so he got me into production i said yo let's just make a couple of demos anyway fast forward um, um i got um um I got a kind of like a chance to send my demos in with my application form for the university. I sent, a, I made a classical like 16 minute piece, which was a ragga performed. Mm. I sang it, I sent that and I made a garbage beat and I sent that along with the, with the application form and I got in. I was like, I Amazing. can't even get in. I was like, nah, it's got to be a mistake. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's can't be real. It's can't be real. Like, I, I can't, I cannot, how, how have I gone to the university? Yeah. I haven't got like, I haven't got mm. the, the, the amazing A stars and whatnot, A plus is what mm. we call, yeah. And how, how have I got in? And even when I went to uni, university as well, the first day, I was like, nah, man, this, they've messed yeah. up. It's like, I'm not meant to be here. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> I just, in denial that I got in. You turn up and they're like, hang on, you're, you're not the person that we we thought we were going to get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, no, no interview, nothing. I just got in. I was like, this is amazing. sick. And then that's it, man. That's where, like, I always say in, in every interview I do, that changed my life. Like, that, that mm. getting into, the, into mm. that university changed my whole direction to music. I, I knew I was going to do music then like when I got into that uni. And I went yeah. to what I like about the incredible. I think you, you're the demo that you sent. I think there's a there's a lot yeah. in that because you sent this 16 minute rag piece, which is obviously classical yeah. Indian music. Showed off your your talents and what you'd learned for for the 17, 18 years prior to that, or the, or at least the yeah. 10 years prior to that. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you had this super modern garage beat and you, you were, yeah. you were spitting or singing over that. And uh, it was just a beat. I was, it was, I was not singing. Okay. Let's forget about the singing, but even so just, just it showed two sides of who you are. Yeah. The, the Indian side and the, the British side of it and the music that was popular then. Yeah. I think that's, that's really good because it's what we represent here on, on Roots and Rhymes. We kind of want to show mm-hmm. the two sides and the influences that, that British Asian artist and, and you're a testament to that. Just in what you did there shows that you've got two sides of it here. But when you did go to, to the uni, what did that teach yeah. you and how did it shape your talent to become uh, a performing artist as opposed to, as I hear you, you, you considered going into teaching. What, how did it shape your talent? You know, it, it gave me an, an open, more of an open vision to different styles of music. Mm. Because you know, I was I was so exposed to um, Punjabi music, Bollywood music, and Indian classical. Yeah. You know, I wasn't exposed. I wasn't as exposed to like things like rock music. 
you know, like like mm. Mexican music. Mm. You know, I had, I had we had thirty students mm. from around the world in my university, in my on my course, and everyone was from a different part of the world. Yeah. Like, and what we had like uh, we had like yeah. course uh, one particular course called um, it was basically ensembles. You, you put they put together bands like of, of five people yeah, per band. Um, and you have to make a sound and that's, this is what it gave me, it gave me the opportunity to kind of like absorb different sounds and different vibes and different energies and, mm-hmm. and just make, and make something and just, and just perform it. And I think that's, that's what opened me up in terms of my, my, my musical knowledge as well, because I was learning like a weird, like private classes for like, like jazz piano chords mm-hmm. and jazz piano music pieces. And, and also, uh, obviously everyone's way of playing uh, instruments, everyone's way of performing, performing the instruments is mm. different um, in every country. You know what I mean? Everyone's got their own way of playing guitar, Absolutely, for example. Yeah. I mean, so it kind of gave yeah, me different styles yeah. and maybe understand that, all right, this is like, this is where this comes from, this is where that comes from. And then also, in addition to that, it, it, teach, it taught me how to produce music as well, how to put together a record as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 properly, yeah, how to compile and music and compose record, music. Had to yeah. record a band, had to record live drums, had to record the guitars, wow. like everything, mm. you know what I mean? And had to mix what, what the process of mixing is, what the process of mastering is, uh, the performing, and that it gave me a full insight of, of what an mm. artist needs to be. And kind of prepped me yeah, in, in yeah. advance. So when I went to uni and then just let just production, I was ready. I, I knew what to do. Amazing. I, I think it's so important as well to to understand them things. I mean, it's great being a vocalist and and having that talent, but understanding how music is compiled and composed and how it's yeah. how it's created and and produced, the mastered mix, the whole procedure. Kind of, yeah. I learned the whole procedure of how it's so invaluable even now that even if you're not yeah. involved in that process, just by being the singer and sitting there and understanding how they're doing it is is invaluable, isn't it? And, and mm. Yeah, of course, man. And it was all, it's mad because it was all analog then as yeah. well. Like, you know, mixing yeah. it, it's just yeah, all analog. Yeah, yeah. It's through like massive, yeah, the huge yeah, desk. Massive, big desk. And it was sick, like proper, like, like, um, they made, had one studio in, I remember in, in the university, just to, just to monitor speakers with like, worth like 80,000 pounds. Wow. It's mad. And we were like, what? <laughs> I, was, I was like 17, eight, 17 years old. Yeah. And I was like, yo, like, so 18 years old, I was like, yo, 80,000 pounds. Like, it was, it was, I was going nuts. I remember, man. All the kids are going nuts as well, man. It's it's crazy, and 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 just seeing the yeah. SSR just for the first time, seeing proper else, like it? proper mic, yeah. You know, I've seen like patch bays, like mm. it was sick, man. It was it's something sick. else. I mean, yeah. you only see it yeah. now with a handful of producers. I mean, obviously, the likes of people like Dr. Dre and stuff like that who still use these massive, de- analog. yeah, analog yeah. desks. I mean that. I mean, uh, you can argue that you you can't you can't replicate that sound. You know what I mean? These digital yeah, tunes, yeah, it's yeah, just course, not the same. Right? You, you, can't, you can't. It's funny. It's funny because people spend, people are, people are spending thousands and thousands of pounds to try and recreate the <laughs> <your> old sound. <laughs> so true, like they're doing everything they can to make the analog sound, digi- the digital yeah, sound yeah. analog. It's like, just, just get the rack. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be cool. A lot of people mix it in, in, in just, in, in just um, logic and whatnot now. It's just different now, isn't it? But I think, you know, like yeah. big, like records still, they, they are like big, even hip hop records. I reckon they are mixed. Oh. I'm big like oh there will be yeah definitely yeah like I say the likes of people like yeah, huge producers yeah, that, Dr yeah. Dre Kanye and all of that they they won't be sitting on yeah. on Logic and all that they'll oh, be yeah, they'll be at these yeah. desks so uh, speaking of production yeah. uh, let, let's move forward a little bit so you signed to to Sanchez Productions when you realised you wanted to become a um, a performing artist and you began yeah. working on your album but during that time you met Amon Hare uh, who became yeah. 
that be well, who helped you became the start of something big, really. How did that come about? Yeah. How did you meet him? And, and how did that process of becoming a performing artist begin? How did, how did you, uh, how did you come, no, come to funny, that time? It's probably funny. I know you're thinking, why is he laughing? It's because it was funny, man. Like it's so random that like, my dad used to work in a factory in, um, in Leamington Spa. And Omen Hare's dad used to work in the same factory. I heard this story, but I couldn't I couldn't corroborate if it was true or not, but I did hear this story, please. Yeah, it was mad. Like, and my dad used to come home after his night shift all bad and be like, Yeah, there's this there's this guy that works at my factory. His son's Omen Hare. He's a he a Shindito Sekia Hotel and I think as well. And he goes, Bo Vadia musician. And I was like, all right, wicked man. He goes, Oto album karamangi apa, ya shindito karamangi. I was all right, cool. And then when the time came. Like my dad called him, he rang Shinda. Shinda was busy around that mm. period. I remember he's working on jazzy mm. stuff, but he said, and Shinda's a real sincere producer, man. Oh, like yeah. he, he want to give his hundred percent, mm. you know what I mean? And he was like, look, I think Amun will be the right guy for it. So he recommended Amun and obviously we knew Amun, my dad yeah. did. So that's how I got in with him. And then, yeah, that's how that started, man. man. You, you think that's going to like, we know from the outside, you think that's going to be a story of like, you know, you're, you got in touch with this guy through music and through this and through that. And it's just like, some of these stories are just so meant Mad. to be, aren't they? They just, they must be written, written in the stars somewhere. I, th- that I you're, think it's that a sign of the times as well, isn't it? Just because obviously around that time in the Midlands as well, it was, it was really buzzing with producers and, and there was a lot of artists there and stuff. Yeah. So someone was bound to know somebody and it was yeah, great that yeah. obviously your dad mm. and, and, uh, and Amon's, um, relative as well, that, they come to to know about each other and the and the connection, but but you you then featured initially on Ground Shaker Two, and you sung uh, yeah, Sadi yeah, yeah. Jindajan, which is an unbelievable song. And I I think I heard that Amon was originally going to sing it himself and and have you doing backing vocals oh, or something yeah, like that. But then that. it was all you in the, by the end of it, wasn't it? I didn't know that, man. I seriously didn't know that. Like that that song, literally, I went to record the songs for my album. He's a demo yeah. vocals for all my songs. And um, he was like, watch on the mic now. He goes, and, um, and see what you think of it. And he just gave me the melody, uh, wrote down the words, and I just sang it. And then he goes, um, it sounds really good in your voice. Yeah. Goes, you just go home, prep it, and we'll, we'll do it. Like After about a week, I came back and did the final vocals, and it was done. Like, Amazing. And I just, and, and, and then he told me after oh, it's going to be coming. It's going to be coming out on Ground Shaker too. I was like, "Yo, that's sick!" Such a that good opportunity, man. Yeah. Like to, for that to be yeah, your almost your introduction into the into the uh, the industry and to yeah. feature on, um, well, Ground Shaker too. I mean, especially massive yeah, album. massive album. Especially massive following album. Ground Shaker as well. Mm. Umman was doing really mm. big things around that time. But then, but yeah. then Umman helped uh, on a few tracks on your your album as well as as well as Cam Frantic and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the album itself, JD, that you released in 2008, yeah. that's kind of the sound that we expected from UK Punjabi at the time. It was it was very much a lot of the traditional instrumentation in the background and very much I'm in here production and Cam Frantic and a few others on there as well. And it really yeah. launched your career. Fantastic album. Really brought you to the limelight. That must have been a great wave to be on and and to to have that kind of popularity off Grand Shaker 2 as well and and then bring that into your album. Yeah, it was wicked, man. I think I couldn't have asked for a better start, to be honest, because number one, um, introduced to the world of music, the industry through a song, which did really well for mm-hmm. me. Jin mm-hmm. Jan did really Absolutely, well for yeah. me. And then 
then off the back of that, um, the second song I did with Amanhaya was Take mm. Wali. And that like, really took me, like, it, it put me in the map in the yep. UK, man. Like, no doubt. Take Wali like, was massive, massive tune. Mm. It did really well for me, man, in the UK. And then off the back of that, then we had the other songs on the album as well. Um, and Buddy There did really well for me as well. Very weirdly, it, it, it did so well for me in a real, like, um, in a very niche market, but really, like, Hardcore audience, yeah. man. Like I get so many people coming up to me saying, "That's my favorite song of yours." Like, buddy, they wow. really, really are. like that's crazy. But, but yeah, it, it, I think I couldn't ask for a better start. It was. The I think I think everything aligned at the right times because, like we were saying, around the early two thousands and into two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah, we had the the fusion era merging British Asian music, and you had your Ragavs and your Rishi Riches and all that kind of thing. But then around the time yeah. that you release your album, UK. Punjabi music and UK Punjabi producers, artists and singers were in full effect. There was some big yeah. albums coming out, big music and the wedding scene was massive. The, you used to judge oh, how good a song was by, will it smash a dance floor? That's, that's what it was yeah. about at the time. And I think, like you mm. said, Teke Wali killed it every time, every yeah, time. It, it was mad. Around that period, a lot of people were saying to me as well, I remember that Desi songs ain't going to work. Yeah. Like a song like Teke Wali ain't going to work. But I knew it was going to work. The, the day Amun Heya played me at Planet Studios, I remember uh, he had a smirk on his face, like a real like cheeky <laughs> yeah. smirk. It's like he knew what was going to happen. He goes, jazz, that's what he said. And then he played it. I was like, yo, that is it sick. Tune, I, went, I went nuts. Because like you said, it, it had was, these amazing lyrics. Yeah. Like you said, with Take Wali, that, that inspired you from from your times in Punjab and obviously the, the yeah, really, yeah. really meaningful lyrics. But then the music was, was sonically tuned for people in the UK. So it kind of merged yeah. two sides of Punjab, really the UK side and, and the, the real uh, Guri Punjabi side that you were from. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, I think that was really amazing about it. And obviously it's a testament to, to what you were doing, which is even better. You you continued to ride that wave after the JD album was released, and you um, and you you, you featured on DJ Harvey's track Derinal, um, and you featured yeah. on uh, a Darmic album as well at the at the same time. Yeah. But just just taking it back to 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 Derinal, you you sung alongside yeah. a, a fantastic um, Hindi singer uh, Jayshree Shivram, who yeah, she's yeah. done some amazing things. Um, yeah. was that quite rewarding for you to, to be singing alongside somebody like that? Especially you talked about earlier on that you had these, you were singing Hindi music, Bella, and that's where you thought you were going down to have an opportunity to sing for someone or with someone like that. That must've been quite rewarding. Yeah, that was sick, man, because Jeshri is actually my teacher. Oh, after wow. Matlashiji, yeah. I learned off Jeshri. That's who I learned mm. off in Mumbai. So after living in Punjab, I came back to the UK. I, I went to uni um uh went to Paul McCartney and then after that I took another year out and I went to live in I lived in Punjab for about three months and then I moved to Bombay. Wow. I lived in Bombay for like seven months. Amazing. I lived with her actually at her house. She taught me for like for six, seven mm, months. Amazing. And then every summer I'd go there. So when I when I came around to do my do my um doing this track with Harvey, my, my brother, I was like, yo, this this get Jeshri auntie on it, man. So it just literally Jeshri auntie. <laughs> like I said auntie I've got, yeah. I've got this song, I've composed yeah. it. What are you saying? You can do it. She goes, yeah, I'll yeah. do it. I'm like, all right, cool. Amazing. Like, amazing. It's done. It sick. That's even more amazing <laughs> that obviously to, 
to release music alongside your teacher. I don't know if you'd previously done something with her, but that must have been a fantastic opportunity. I mean, and I composed it as well, which is which is like which I was really happy about. Like, Carl wrote the song. It's almost a sense of validation that she was so on board with something that you'd created from scratch. That and obviously she had taught you, and the fact that you were then providing her with a song that you'd composed and written, and she was completely on board with it without ripping it apart yeah, and saying, man. this is no good, let's rewrite it. That must be really rewarding as well. Yeah. It was wicked because, you know what, previously, um, we were on, the, on Ground Shaker, she was on Ground Shaker 2 as well. Oh, wow. So, was she on Ground Shaker 2? Was it Ground Shaker 2, was it? Oh. I'm not I'm not sure. I think it was on Ground Shaker 2. I'm sure it was Ground Shaker 2, wasn't it? Yeah, it, yeah I think it is yeah. Ground Shaker 2, that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, when she recorded that song, I was with her and she recorded yeah. it. And then, obviously, track 14 and the album was my mm. song. So that was the number first blessing. And then, obviously, getting on the song was even better. Oh, amazing. So amazing. Yeah, yeah. So moving on, 2012, international recognition yeah. came and success via High Heels. So you, yeah. you, you collaborated with Honey Singh and that project, massive, absolutely massive. Even now, 10 years later, it's smashing dance floors, isn't it? How did, yeah. How, what was your feeling at the time and how did it come about collaborating with Honey Singh and did you know that it was going to have the success that it has done 10 years later? Uh, nah, not 10 years later, nah. I never thought that would happen. Like, having it, it been successful, yeah. I had a feeling it was going to be successful. But having the impact that is every, bro, bro like, it's mad. That video song still gets like 6 million mad. views a month. So uh, the video mad. was ahead of its time as well. It was mad. Wow. That's crazy, it, isn't it? It's man? just mad. Like it's just, it just keeps growing. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And and I think I, I didn't. And I don't think Honey anticipated that. He knew it was going to be mm. big. But I, even when he saw the video, he went nuts. He called me. He went nuts. He was yo man, we smashed it. <laughs> this is sick. Next level. They went, the whole team was going nuts on the phone, man. I was like, yo man, we got. How did it come about? Something. How did the collaboration come around? Like, how did you meet Honey? Bro, you're not going to believe how that one came about. So. <laughs> Like literally, I called his manager. I knew around that period. I was like, "Yeah, I'm working with Zeus on the album. I'm working. I'm in hair on the album, and Honey needs to work on a song with me." That's what I, simply what I mm. said to him. And he was like, "He was mm. like, all right." He goes, "He goes, what do you mean?" I said, "Well, I like what he's done in Luck 28. I think he's a sick mm. beat, and um, we need to make a song like on that vibe, um, and let's let's get in." And then, literally, a few days later, Honey called me. Like, I missed his call, and. Crazy because he was a fan of Jin John, yeah. that my, yeah, the yeah, song yeah, I yeah. recorded. So he was a fan of that song and he, he left me a voice note, voicemail with that. And I was like, yo, this is nuts. I called him back. I was like, yo, man, he goes, let's work. He's come to India. And I went to India and yeah, man, we just made it happen. It just, you know, it was, to be so bold just, just to say that, you know what, he needs to be, he needs to be, I need to be working with him. That's it. We need to do something together. And obviously, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, think, and I think I, I think the recognition and the, the respect that you you both have for each other as artists that kind of comes through as well, doesn't it? The fact that you're approaching him saying, "You're I really like what you're doing. We need to work together." And him him saying back to you, yeah. "I really love what you're doing. Yeah, let's work together." Yeah, yeah. And I remember that the first meeting, like we had, we we spoke, and he was like, um, "We spoke about what kind of vibes we're going to do." I said, "Yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to dance floor track. That's what I want to do with you. I don't want to do no slow mm. vibes with you." And we, I recorded like mm. three songs that uh, the second meeting as well. He called me at four o'clock in the morning, and I missed his call. He was like, text me saying, "Bro, I've got the song for you. Sick." 
you're going to go crazy. Yeah. And bro, I swear down, yeah, I, w- I remember going to the studio like, the next day, feeling so gassed, thinking, yo, we've got the song. Yeah. And I swear down, he played me the song, mm. and I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like it at all. I was like, oh, nah, it's not the one. Yeah. I, I go, it's not the one. He was like, what do you mean it's not the one? I go, he goes, this song, it's a hit. This yeah. is the future. I go, it's not the future for me, bro. It might be sick for India, yeah. mm. but it's not going to hit the UK and it's not going to hit the Western audience. I know no. it's not going to. And funny enough, them songs probably didn't as well. I'm not going to mention what songs <laughs> they were, but mm. it did it as well. Yeah. And, um, and I said, dude, these are my words to him. I go, I want to make a song that's bigger than Lock 28. And Lock 28 it's massive, massive. Huge. Bro. Around that period, it was mm. massive, yeah. like so yeah. big. Like, it was the biggest song that came out in years, bro. And he was like, he just went quiet and he was like, okay, cool. And then I didn't hear from him for like five months. Really? He went quiet for <laughs> that long? I was like, bro, we get the song done. <laughs> and then he just, then one of his boys called me, he was like, we've got this song, what do you think? I go, this is the one, we're doing it. This you know, it came one. at a time, I remember, I, mm. I think I went to Marbella around that time and House was massive. It was, I mean, House yeah, is massive yeah, right yeah. now, but it, it really had this real commercial presence and everybody was listening mm-hmm. to these kind of songs and these house tunes were in the charts and that kind of thing. And I think when High Heels dropped, it was almost, it pricked people's ears up to think, hang on, we've got this house vibe and the, a Punjabi singer yeah. on here smashing it. And obviously one of our own. It was it was just the making of a fantastic song. And obviously, like I said, the emergence of Honey Singh, he was doing big things uh, coming through. Yeah, and yeah he was smashing. It, but it was quite, it was creeping through here as well. It was yeah, that twenty eight was was his biggest song here around that period. Absolutely, man. it was massive. I remember me and my manager speaking, Cam speaking about it, saying, "Yo, this Honey Singh's alright, man. He's he's quite yeah. sick. You know, his music's quite his beats yeah. are sick. Because that's when I, that's I didn't know his rap his rap mm. bars. I didn't." I didn't even know what he was doing in terms of rap in the, in the yeah. job because he didn't come through to the UK then. It was just Lock 28. That's mm. it. That's, that was his biggest song. But when I went to see him and, and, and work with him, he was working on his mm. album. And funny enough, he dropped his album, International Village, when I was there. Right. So literally, when he dropped it, the, set, the next day I met mm. him, we were in the studio mm. together. We were working on a couple of vibes. And um, he, he goes, what do you think of the album? I go, Gabru's the best song yeah, on the album. Big time. And funny enough, that was the biggest hit in the Yeah, UK. I mean, obviously... Uh, that song was the biggest. And then also Ungreji Beat was on that album yeah, as well. Yeah. They, but that, that was the time that like Dissy Crew and stuff like that were doing their thing and, and this emergence of these Punjabi artists were, were really starting to make a mark in the UK as well and the, and the, and the sound was changing around that time. Yeah. And obviously, following on from the, the success of, of High Heels, you, you were working with Zeus... Tiger Style, PBN, he even did a track with Steel Bangles as well, following on from that. Yeah. All different types of producers with a variety of sounds. Was yeah. High Heels the catalyst for you to show off different dimensions of your music? So if you, was kind of, yeah, yeah. you, you see the, the production from Zeus, Tiger Style, PBN, Steel Bangles and all them boys, they're all very different. Yeah. But you, you, were, you yeah. were all over yeah, them yeah. tunes and, you, and you, you absolutely smashed it on all of them. So were you kind of experimenting and trying to show off different dimensions of, of what you could do? To be honest, that wasn't, I always want, I always want to do something different. Even now I want, always want to try something different, but it, I mean, even high heels was something different for me. It wasn't, it was so different to the traditional Punjabi mm. sound that I was making. Mm. Like, it's so different to like the first album. Yes. And I kind of wanted to continue that. And I've, and I've tried my best to continue that for, for, 
for 10 years yeah. on, man, because that's kind of like my thing. Mm. And a lot of people say to me, as well, like, you should have mm. one sound and stick to that. And I mean, I like, I like the sound of that. And, but I just think I'm, um, I want to be a complete yeah. artist. And I think I can only achieve that if I do different yeah. stuff. If, like, for example, if I, if I didn't have that mentality, I wouldn't have songs like Kasan. I wouldn't have songs like Punjabi Bully. I wouldn't have songs like Zulfa. Mm. You know what I mean? Them songs have come from, from a place where I feel I, I want to do something yeah. different. So, um, so I think it, it, it was, it was, um, cause around that period after high heels, I, I dropped Punjabi Bully mm. was the next release. And everyone was like, what the hell are you doing? Like industry people, like what yeah, the hell yeah, are you doing? Yeah. Like you've got this commercial hit of fucking, sorry, man. No, sorry, please can very, carry on. Yeah, uh, it's all good. No, it's all you've got the man. biggest like commercial hit in years. Like it's, it's crazy how massive mm. this tune is. And then you've dropped a traditional song like Punjabi Bully. Like what the hell? That was like, uh, mm. that was something that I wanted to yeah. do. Like I, I, I thought the attention yeah. was on high heels. All, all the eyes were on me and honey. And, and I wanted a song to be, to voice my, my, my pain. Yeah. But we, what I'm feeling in the mm. UK and, and outside the UK as well, which is why I dropped yeah. that. And then, because I knew the, the UK and America and Canada will, and Australia would love that vibe, but I knew India might, be like a bit yeah, on the edge yeah, on it yeah. because you're not into the Soviet Jardic mm. stuff as much anymore. Cause that was the time where, where when Moon Morris, he did all his Punjabi yeah. Vista, all that was kind of like towards yeah. the end of Punjabi Vista, right. right? Now it was all the honey sing phase. So all the commercial yeah. stuff was coming out, but I still wanted to do it. Cause that was the voice that I wanted to kind of like, I wanted to voice that. So mm. that's why I did that. And then obviously mm. Zulfa after that as well. Cause I knew Zulfa was going to do well mm. as well for the, for the commercial market. So yeah, it was, it was kind of like, it was kind of, um, a tool to get all eyes on me and get people's attention. But also uh, I always thought that I want to carry on doing stuff that's going to be different. Is it, was that, was, uh, it's really great that you mentioned that actually, because you've had such a classical upbringing and you mentioned earlier that like, you know, some people, once they've had that classical upbringing, they just want to stick because it's like the purest yeah. type of music, but it sounds like, you know, you've always had it in your mind that it's, it's about, giving different types of people that relationship with you through your music so that you can create different things yeah. with different people. Different experiences, isn't it? That's what it's about. It is. I, I, mm. Let's, let's mm. just talk a, se a second here about different experiences. You, yeah. you did a, a BBC music project, which saw you singing God Only Knows, which featured some yeah. huge legends, Pharrell, Stevie yeah. Wonder, Emily Sanday, mm. Elton John, Chris Martin had, it was a massive project that you were involved in. You were in the video as well. Your face is alongside all of these fantastic artists. You're not singing one, one word of Punjabi. You're singing an English song yeah. here. So let's yeah, just, yeah, let's yeah, just yeah, talk yeah. about dimensions for a second here. You might have had singing Punjabi on various different yeah. styles of, yeah. of production, but to be on a popular song for the BBC and to be featured in the video yeah. as well, that, you must have lapped up that opportunity to show your show that side of your talent. Yeah, that was like um, that was, you know, I, if someone said to me when I was nine years old that I was going to be in a song with a, the same soundtrack as Stevie Wonder, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Hundred <laughs> percent. You'll be in the same soundtrack as 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 Pharrell Williams, man, and I, I would be like, I would be like, that's never ever going to happen. If I'm singing classical song. Classical yeah, beat. exactly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's never going to happen. But it happened and it was meant to be. It's just mad. Funny enough, around that time, yeah, and that same actual day, I was with Steel Bangles wow. um, mixing a song called Pasina with yeah, yeah, Sleepo. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so we just finished the mix for that song. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> mad. Like I was in, I think I was yeah. in South London. And I, yeah, I think it was South London, I think it was. I can't remember what it was. And then we drove down to Westminster, I think it was, the Assam Studios. And we did the, yeah, we recorded the song, did a photo shoot and did the video like in four hours for that. It was mad. It's mad that was it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. I mean, looking at the video and That's then you're crazy. on it and then there's all these other artists. Obviously, it might have been filmed at different times or whatever, but it's it's just unbelievable to, like like you say, to be on a soundtrack like that. Yeah, it was, mm. I think it was just, mm. uh, I want to tell you about that. Just quick no, go one, on, yeah. yeah. Um, someone from the BBC called, uh, kept calling me and I was busy around that period because I wanted to get this song finished. Mm. And then um, this lady from the BBC was like, look, we've got this opportunity for you. Because um, I don't really answer the calls for like for BBC interviews yeah. myself because my manager yeah. does it. But my phone kept ringing and I was like, "What the hell? Like, why did they keep ringing me?" I was answered it like, "Yeah, this opportunity uh, for the BBC." And I was like, "Oh, it's probably another interview," which is amazing. Mm. Obviously, I, I love an interview. But I was like, mm-hmm. "All right, so what? Um, what is it? It's a soundtrack that we're doing." And and um, she was looked jazz. You want to be part of it? Stevie Wonder's on it. I was like. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Straight away, I said, like, yeah, I'll do it. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and then literally, like, my manager sorted everything out, like, and and next minute I'm in the studio with this guy called Ken, Ken Nelson, and he's, like, he produced, like, the, the Coldplay album called Paris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Album, Grammy award-winning mm. producer, man. Mm, wow. He's sick, sick producer. And I walked through the door, and he was like, yo, Jazz, it's, it's great to meet you. And I was like, what the hell? Like, you know what I mean? What the hell, man? And I was like, I, was, I didn't know anything. All I knew Stevie Wonder was on the song. And he's like, Jazz, do you know who's part of the song? I said, I don't have a clue. I don't know who's part of it. And he's like, um, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna play you it. And then you can just figure out who's going to be, who's on it. So I'm there. My manager's just pissed space bar. And um, I just, first voice, you just hear um, Pharrell. Oh, yeah, first yeah, voice yeah. was like, Wow, Williams, wow, Kylie Minogue, wow, Elton John. No, I was like going nuts. <laughs> I was thinking, what the hell is going what on? A project to be a part of, unbelievable, yeah, yeah. man. Mad. Yeah, mad, amazing, man. man. And That's then, incredible. and then, yeah, and then he goes, um, "You've got the lyrics." I said, "Yeah, I've got the lyrics." So we just did like two lines, mm. sang that a few times, and it was done. It was like just straight after that, we had a photo shoot, um, and then on the third floor, it was um, the video shoot. It's mad because that studio was um Bob Marley's old house. Oh wow! He converted it. Yeah, wow. he, he converted it wow. into um into. So a you're very studio. much a part of history in so many ways in that in that little project. Yeah. That must have been a really mm. defining moment mm. for your career, like really, really. Bro, like it's massive. Like I think was it the Exodus album? The um, yeah. the Bob Marley album yeah. was it? Exodus. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, um, he yeah, recorded that day, apparently. Wow. Um, Rihanna's, Rihanna's recorded the everyone, like literally that on that mic that I recorded on, like everyone recorded the song on that mic. Wow. In, on different days. I was the last artist to record my part for the whole song. Unbelievable, man. Mad. That's incredible, man. That's like a, a pilgrimage to a, a special bit, place, it? man, going to recording in Bob yeah, Marley's house. Crazy. crazy, man. Bob wow. Marley's old house, legend. But it was just, I think it was just a, uh, it was an honor to be on that record, man. Cause you know, like yeah. 20 years down the line, I could say, yo, I was on a song with Stevie Wonder, man. You know what I mean? Legend. You've always got that. Yeah, no one can ever yeah. take that away from yeah. you. That's it. That's a, uh, that's unbelievable. But 10, 10 years after your debut album. So 2018, we're talking now, you released pieces of me, which in my opinion was so much more mature. And obviously your music, taste and styles, they evolve over time. 
But the types of songs yeah. that were on that album reflected to me this kind of journey that you had over these 10 years. And it was so much more refined, yeah. in my opinion. And obviously, like I said, with JD, it was very much the UK Punjabi music sound that we were used to hearing. But everything yeah. that you learned in 10 years, that, that experience you had, it was, for me, it encapsulated in that album. I mean, obviously, it featured oh. the popular track, Edvard. Fantastic tune. Love it, even to this day. But did you feel that that was the case? Is that maybe something in the title there, Colin, Pieces of Me, that these various aspects that you learned over 10 years, you kind of brought them together? You know, I'm going to be straight with you. Yeah, It's, it's mad that you've interpreted it in that, in that mm -hmm. way. Because when I was recording the album, um, I had that feeling I was going to do that. But... I felt like in, in halfway between the album, I, I, I felt like I, I lost the drive to, to, to deliver the album I wanted to deliver in that wow. song, in that album, mm. uh, songs I wanted to deliver in that album. And it's because I think I wasn't, musically, I was, I felt a little confused because of label restrictions and whatnot. Because I was signed to a label then in, in India to see mm. music. So I wasn't, I wasn't 100% um, confident with the direction. Mm. But I knew I wanted to do songs that are going to be musically correct, which I had to do anyway. And I wanted to do uh, good videos, but I also wanted to do songs that um, I didn't want to be. A I didn't want to be a throwaway album. I also wanted to be a good project. So, um, I mean, I did that, but I felt like it half of half of the album was lost. Yeah. I lost myself, and I got really. Um, I would say. I was really into the India loop. Mm. I didn't think about the UK and the rest of the world. I just thought about what's going to work in India. And that's not how I make music. Like mm. I make music from, I like to make music that I really enjoy. And I feel like I did enjoy making the songs, but I'd, I still feel like it wasn't complete me. That mm. like it, was, it was influenced me, which yeah. is fine. Like it happens, like that's music. You know what I mean? You're always influenced by different songs and different experiences. Mm. But Edward, um, it's mad because that's the one song I knew it was me. Yeah. I knew that was that song was hundred mm. percent what I wanted to be. That how the, I wanted the album to sound. That kind of mm. vibe, and that's the one song that no one believed in except me. No way! It's mad to, to think no that's one, such no, a successful no, song, nobody, and nobody else. Oh. Nobody. Wow! Only my manager and I believed in it. We knew it was a hit song. Oh. We knew it. Away. I, think, I think you proved and the. Not, I think you proved the critics wrong, didn't you? Really? Yeah, because I I knew because. As soon as we finished it, I was like, this is the one. We need to do a video for this. And it's mad because the label didn't want to do, do a video for it. And I was like, you know what? Let me do a video for it. Trust me, it's going to work. And it worked. And it, like, I did like a 12, 13 city tour in America with that, with that just that song, that one song. Unbelievable. So it, it's, it's mad. Sometimes people around you, they, they, don't, they, they won't see the vision that you're no. seeing, man. You just got to go with your mm. own vision and mm. go for it and just, and just make it happen. That's what I did with, with that song. Not one Pete. Not two Pete. It's the three Pete. Right, Jazz, so this is the part of the show that we call the three Pete, the three tracks that you could play on repeat over and over again, regardless of where you are, what you're doing. We want to know your musical personality. What are the three tracks in life that you could play over and over again? Give us your first one. Rest in peace, man. Late, great Legend. artist. Mm. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Amazing. Great. My favorite artist of all time. So, so why this song? So obviously, Sardu Sekundar's got a, a massive discography. Why this one in particular? 
Um, I just feel like musically it's brilliant. Mm. Um, vocally it's phenomenal. Um, I think I used to open, when I used to open my, my singing uh, rehearsal sessions, I used to sing this song yeah. because it covers everything. It covers emotion, it covers mm. range, mm. it covers technicality. Um, and it's just, it just, I, I think, uh, I'm not saying I'm a good singer, but it, if, if I was to be, if I was to look at any song and, and be like, what song would be the song for you to learn something and be the, the correct song for the mm. right singing ability, create the right singing ability, it would be Nazrat Girgi, yeah, because it's just phenomenal. Like everything, mm. it's got everything in it for me. And I've, I've, and I've listened to the song for years. Yeah. Like even when I met Sardul Paji wow. uh, about two years ago at his house, that's the one song I wanted to sing to him and I sang to him. Unbelievable. I was nervous as hell. Wow, what an opportunity but, to be able to do wow. that. Wow. To sing that, that he sang song, it with you, uh, he sang it with you. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, man. I was like, yo, just just to sing the rest of it. I just stopped. I go, why you just go on? Just yeah. I mean, I, and we've seen how much he means yeah, to you yeah. by the multiple tributes that you've that's you've put out to him since his his unfortunate passing. Um, a f- yeah. Fantastic singer, and, and obviously this song is beautiful as well. And as you said, you've got the opportunity to sing it with him. That makes it even more beautiful, man. He's my favorite singer, man. Favorite human being that 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 I've ever met in me in the music industry, man. I wow. swear down, like not not even know, not even not even saying it because he's not here now, but he is, because he like he understood, yeah. man, what music, what he meant to me, and that's yeah. that's I'm taking that to, to the day I die. Yeah, Seriously. you know what? The, the, what I loved about Sardu Sukandar as well was the fact that he wasn't he wasn't flashy or anything like that. His his beard was half done. He was just. Extreme rags. It was just his voice was so raw, and it was it was unbelievable. That, and that's what carried him through his career, and that's what gained him the respect yeah. just on the fact that he was a, such a fantastic singer. Yeah, and wicked person. Mm. Like one thing I've noticed, everyone respected him. everyone. Like everyone respected. in the industry. They poured man, like, out. The tribute has poured out uh, when he passed. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I was talking to your son on WhatsApp mm. not long ago. It's just uncontrollable how much love they get and how much how many people are just landing at their house like every yeah. day because he had so much love from the industry and and he had so many so much love for other artists and that's one thing that a lot of artists don't have it's just is their egos always clash with him he was like he was you can put it with anybody and he'll be able to have a conversation and and be like cool about anything and he wouldn't make you feel like inferior mm. that he's better than you you know yeah. because come on like so they were like you can put anything any Punjabis any singer in front of him and they'll be scared of him but he'll never, like, as in, if, mm. if you were to compete against him, but he'll never make you feel yeah. like that. And that's so rare, man. Absolutely. Because everybody's got that ego, you I know? mean, it's, it's so sick. special to have such a, a persona and the fact that you was in the presence of him as well and got, got to experience that firsthand is even more special, isn't it? Yeah, man. It's a, it's a, it's a really beautiful tribute, man, the way you've described this pick, you know, like we, we, we get a lot of three-peat picks and obviously they've all been, they've all been great because they've all been an individual choice but it's really hard this is a i think this is the most heartfelt so. pick right. that we've ever had in terms of not only not only does it mean a lot to you from um the skill yeah. perspective this is the you you know what you're saying is you appreciate the mastery of his yeah. skill set but then you appreciate him as an artist and then you love the guy yeah. as a human being mm. i mean that's one of the most heartfelt choices i've heard in the three p i think it's a beautiful and the way you've explained why it's so meaningful man i think that's just a beautiful tribute to an incredible artist Mm. and by the sounds of it an incredible man man. he was man i think big boots to follow on the on that on that first one so 
Jazz, what are we saying for number two? Uh, seven Days, Craig David, man. That's the soundtrack. You, you know what? This album, man. you could have picked any what tune on this album. Fill me in, Walking Away, Time to Party. You could have picked anyone, but why Seven yeah. Days? It's just that guitar piece, yes. man. Yes. Bad. <laughs> yeah, man. Bad, so good. Man. It's like, yes. you can just like, like I've literally, we've done journeys from um, Punjab to Delhi, yeah? And literally we've had repeat. it on repeat like in the car. Like it's just one of them mm. songs. Mm. It just makes you feel good, man. Like it just takes you back. You know what yeah. I mean? It takes you back. back. I think what was crazy, so, I, re- yeah, I remember when this song came out, I, was, I remember watching it on the box, right? Well, on yeah. cable TV. And and I was constantly requesting yeah. it. But the, it was the first song that, it was it was a story like, met this girl on Monday, took her for a drink. It was like, hang on, these lyrics are amazing. The fact that he's got yeah, this yeah. kind of wordplay. Yeah. And also taking it back to when you mentioned, like when your brother would bring the tapes over from England to, to Punjab and yeah. you were listening to this as well. That's unbelievable album, unbelievable sick, song, man. man. Sick album, sick artist, sick vocalist. Yeah. 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 Craig David is just legend. one of those like yeah. incredible legend. Yeah. He's a legend, and you know, for for our generation, we we know the impact Craig David has. Uh, I, I mean, I know that this might sound like a stretch, but without Craig David, Garage would have never have taken off to the level it did. I don't think. And and therefore, and uh, yeah, and therefore, and therefore, like Grime wouldn't have made it as big as it made because Grime yeah. came from Garage and all the rest of it. And Craig Davis like yeah, the godfather you, of all that 100%. stuff, man. Like you've got to give him his props, man. You've got to well, say that. that Dodger, that era, man. Killed it. He's got a concert happening this Saturday, I think, online. Has he? He's, he's doing a tribute to his album. Oh, I think yeah. 20 years, I think, since um, the album, minute, it? I think it's been... Yeah, it will be about 20 yeah, years, bloody hell. It will be around that, yeah. I got to yeah, get so, on that. Yeah. I'm not sure if you guys have seen him perform live. I have. I, I, I saw him about th- three yes, or four years ago yes. in Leeds. But the problem was is... I saw him in did you? So, so the thing is, then three or four years ago, it's, he was playing a lot of his new stuff, and which is great music. But obviously, I'm from an era of Craig David where we're talking about Born to Do It. Baby. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're talking Baby. about that. Yeah. But I tell you what, I did see him <laughs> yeah, about yeah, six or seven years ago uh, in Manchester, and he did his uh, his TS TS five set. Five, yeah, mad. That was TS5, an experience because yeah. he just kills it, and he's singing along yeah. with the tunes and. It, that was that yeah. was unbelievable. He's he's you know what I love the way he's reinvented himself with the TS5 thing, man. Because I saw him, I saw him out in I saw him out in Ibiza, and obviously, like it's not all mm. people who know him from his heyday, but they know him from yeah, TS5 yeah, yeah. now. And you know, from from what I can remember being in Ibiza, which is probably fifty percent of it, it was it yeah. was amazing, man. It was he's it was sick. incredible. But he's just he's just reinvented himself again and again yeah. and he stayed relevant that's so hard to do if you're talking mm. 20 years ago yeah. these hits came out but Craig Davis is a big yeah. name today we'll and and for, for new things yeah. as well as and the old things what, the one thing with him like his concert was like I think going back to his concert it's so sick because the first segment is all life like band yes. based and then the second segment yeah. of the concert is TS5 mm. so you get to experience yeah. like yeah. proper soulful wicked amazing singing with a live band but then you mm. get you get to experience mm. the, the IB it was like a club flavor. it was like a club in there like yeah. it was it was unbelievable it was yeah, so good yeah, and yeah. you know what great pick definitely one that me and Mac were, can absolutely relate to we love this love yeah. this vibe man you know what you know, I think I think again like you know when we're talking about picks I don't think we've had someone 
Well, I know we haven't had anyone pick Craig David before, but I don't think we've picked, had someone pick a UK urban artist. Usually when we're talking about, like we get people, you know, what we typically get is people going to the Punjabi roots and picking Punjabi artists and then they might go to hip hop, Mm. but the American artists really from the hip hop side of things. I don't think we've had that British urban artist pick and Craig David, I'm so glad you picked Craig David Jazz because he's one of the, Britain's yeah. legends R&B, when it comes R&B, to, you know, yeah, urban, Irish, yeah. urban music legends. Like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's probably like, I, I can't think of another artist that would, you'd put higher than Craig David for what, for the type yeah, of music yeah. that he's done. Sure, man. For right. Sure. Jazz, third and final one. What are we saying? It's a, it's, it's another sad song, man. Uh, but not by Beiji. Sukti Pain Hu Chikki Aungi by Manamo Maris. I'll tell you why as well. It's, it's one of my favourite songs. I remember, yeah, um, when Morris, obviously, when I was living in India, his Husunda Jadu album came out. It was a massive mm-hmm. album around that period. And my dad bought me a Maruti. Yeah. Like, I was only like 16 years old <laughs> and I was driving around in a Maruti. My friend, it was, it was sick. Because I was like that young yeah, kid yeah. from England. Yeah? That I thought I was full of big hair one day. He's got a car <laughs> years old. So roll, roll around in my, my Maruti 93 model yeah. Yeah, in my friend. And um, that used to be the album that's like, bang, like it's a bang that in my car, and it's a bang so confused, yeah. like ragged and all tune. And um, mm. it's mad. After that, um, my favorite tune of of Ramon um, was Sutti Pain Chiki Onigia. Yeah, and I, I love that song, even to the point where I met him as well at his house years ago in um, in Vancouver. Mm. Uh, this was, he came out, I didn't say anything, I, I didn't tell him that I sing, I just met mm. him and for one of my mates. Um, but then I remember him coming to the UK and I sang, I sang, I had a few songs come out by then. I sang Sutti Pain with Chiki on on the phone wow. on a BBC TV over to him. He didn't, he didn't know I was calling in and he recognized my voice. No way. And he was like, that's going that? I was like, yeah, yeah, buddy, what you saying, buddy? <laughs> he was mad. So that got me gas and that, it kind of stuck with me. Like the song yeah, just yeah, stuck yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah. Just, and then I remember yeah. before, even before that, um, um, I remember going to his concert at Wembley, and I was, and I was um, a student then. Could like couldn't barely afford a ticket. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. you're a student, you gotta be like, you gotta be like cheap, <laughs> man. I was at the back mm. of the hall, um, right at the back of the hall, and um, yeah. I was right at the back, looking at it, thinking, wow, man, he's at Wembley, man, and he sold it out, and it's you know, I'm just, I'm just there, mm. like, look, looking at him, thinking, yo, I, I want to be doing that one day. I want to become a singer, like a proper singer, and. And do concerts and do shows, and I want to I want people to come and mm. see me, and you know what I mean, and um, and I had that in my mind for years, and then I remember fast forward about three years ago, um, uh, we were invited to Kapil's Kapil Sharma's yep. house um, for his birthday, and bro, like everyone was there, man, like Sukunda Singh was there with Sharma, and like. Ramon Waris came through. He's <laughs> mad. I was so gassed. I met Richard Sharma before. I met Ramon Waris yeah. before as well. I know his manager. Yeah. He launched Punjabi Bully for me oh, in wow. India. And, and Sakunda Singh, I met him so many times. But then that day, I got to sing, uh, if, like, basically, we were like, we had, there's like a room, like a Mayfield mm. vibe, and everyone was there. And there's like little, little beanbags, yeah, yeah. everyone cheering in the beanbags. And, um, so Kunda Singh had a little, he had a little moment and he left, left the room. A couple of, a couple of like jazz gade, kosh gade. And then I was, I, I started singing Punjabi Bully and he's right in front of me. And um, I was just, I was looking, he was getting really happy because he loves, 
he loves Sabe Chari yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. We were like traditional Punjabi yeah. stuff, right? Mm. And um, I sang Punjabi bully and I saw the smile on his face and he was getting really happy. And I just thought about that moment when I heard him hear, mm. when I heard him sing Sutti Painu at the Wembley, at Wembley concert. That moment, he just like, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, man, he's right in front of me. So like, that's why I've got a connection with that song. It's weird. You know, really I, weird, I, I, yeah, I also feel yeah, a, a nice. certain connection with Mon Waters as well. Cause I, I remember the times when, when I started uh, DJing and stuff that popular music was like uh, Niaja Babi and that kind of stuff was coming out. But yeah. that, that album, I was in India when, when that album yeah. came out and it was quite big. And the title song, fantastic tune. The song Punjabi Virsa yeah. on the album, fantastic Thank tune. You. But then what I love about Mamon and Waris and then obviously the introduction of Gamal Heer as well, they, they really started touring massively and they were, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, one of the first Punjabi international touring artists. They, their concert was massive, went all around the yeah. world that did. And they did so yeah, well and credit to them. Because they're both fantastic singers, but Mohan Mo- Mo- Waris is as he's definitely up there. And the fact that you yeah, shared man, that experience with him as well, just like you did with Sardu Sagunda, there's no wonder why it's on the three beat. Yeah, and I think you know what it is, that's what it's about. Yeah, like yeah. I think a lot of people forget, like, um they forget that these moments, like you know, when you the moments you've you've had in your life, like as you're growing up and you listen mm. to music, people forget the moments, but but that's what makes you a fan of music. Yes. You know what I mean, that's meet people when you meet, yeah, when you see yeah, people yeah. Uh, or you've had experiences, they should stick with you. And then when you, when you relive a moment and with that person or something, you need to share that moment, you know what I mean? You need to value that moment. And I value all everything that I've, that I've experienced, man. I think mm. that's so important because that's what makes, mm. makes you a human being and makes yeah. you like normal person and brings you like yeah. straight down. You know what I mean? It brings you straight down to earth to think, yo, like, I remember this moment. I remember being not even have twenty pound in my pocket to go and see yeah, a concert. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm here, like with him, like chilling with yeah, him, yeah. having a conversation. He's talking about Bombay. He's talking about Punjab. I'm at his house in in India. Like it's it's mad. It's crazy, man. You've got to appreciate this the moments. Is an unbelievable three peat here, Jazz. And I'm going to tell you why. We, we've had some fantastic three peats. Mm. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say that this is the best because every, every single one is the best for its own reason. And, and you have your personal reason, but the reason why I love this one is because mm. yes, sonically, these are fantastic songs. They're, they're, they're great music. Yeah. Seven days, Sutti Bainu, fantastic songs, but just focusing on Surdu Sukandar and Mamohan Waris, the reason why these have made your three P is not necessarily because of the song itself. It's because of an experience that you've had with that song. The yeah. feeling that it brings back to you, yeah, that the, the fact the that feeling, when you listen to it, feeling. it takes you all the way back and almost makes you feel like a kid again to an extent. And, and yeah, the fact yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, becoming a successful recording artist, mm. you almost want to be grounded. And by listening to these songs and you were in the presence of these legends is the reason why yeah. that these give you the, all the feels again and, and, yeah, and why it's made the three P. I mean, Mac, you, you say every three P is, is your best three P. <laughs> Yeah, but this is this is the unbelievable. But it is, yeah. I mean, like a, like I was saying before, like it's it's heartfelt. This is heartfelt stuff. This is this is about emotion and feeling, and and also 
what I love about it. It's about respect as well, man. The way you're talking about these these artists with such reverence that not only do their songs, you know, stand the test of time. You, it's it's almost like we're not even talking about the song itself. We're talking about the man behind the song, the feelings behind the song, the emotion, the the respect, the because you know when you when when we're hearing you describe them. You're a fan. You're talking from a fan. You're not. You're, you're talking like you're giving these people yeah. the respect that they deserve from a fan's perspective, and that's so nice to hear the the love that you've got for these these people that happen to make music. Not they're not. We're not yeah, talking man, about music artists. Not. We're talking about real people here yeah, and man, your experiences. Yeah, and it's it's great to hear the the just the the real connection and the vibe that you've got and that you've come. And it's also great to hear your whole life story through these artists that you know you went to watch this guy with no money in your pocket and aspired to be and then years later you're sitting there in his living room having a conversation like that is it's also the three peat represents your personal story you've seen them all live in concert i mean not a lot of people can say that amazing so those under you performed with him Craig david you saw him in concert and mom morris he did the only thing you really need to do, though, Jazz, is you need to track Craig done. David down and sing Seven done. Days to him, and then he's going to line them all up, man, and they're all done. I'll get him to me, man. It's all right. <laughs> I'm going to try that. Just the way he breaks it down, he's so sick, man. He's sick. Sick. Right, Jazz, so the, yeah, the final part of the show and the final question of the show, we want to ask you, yeah. through everything that you've done, your fantastic career, um, all of the achievements that you had up until now, um, from becoming uh, a singer through to all the experience and the, and, and the people that you've met and the standing on the, the shoulders of these fantastic artists. Are you Roots or are you Rhymes? Roots, man. I love it how you just straight there. It's Roots, man. Yeah, 100%. I didn't think you'd say anything else, but I'm actually so glad that you said it as well. Yeah, man. If anybody represents Roots, I think Jazz Dami does, doesn't he? Straight to yeah, it, straight yeah. to it. Yeah, for sure. Right, Jazz, your opportunity, let the listeners know what you're up to, uh, what you're going to be doing, what they can look forward to. Yeah, loads of, um, loads of music I've prepared for you guys, man. I know it's been, it's been a weird year. Like, I think I wanted to kind of like make songs that, that, uh, touch people and, and, you know, just, just songs that are going to have some, um, substance. Like, for example, the Frenzy song and even the Moon Month that I did last year as well. And, and uh, this other project I'm working on with them, um, Tira Tira, I am Tira Tira. It's, um, it's a Dharmic, Dharmic style mm. song that I've prepared, um, which we're going to be releasing, I think, next month. Um, and that's more, more about the community. It's more about being in peace to the world. And, and I think it's a great way of representing uh, Gurbani um, in an animated kind of form. So that's going to be out next month. Um, apart mm. from that, loads of music, loads of commercial music, man. Right. I kind of wanted to make... I've made so many songs now. I just have to wait for like lockdown to open so I can shoot my videos. I've got loads of like collabs that I'm working on yeah. for this year as well. Yeah. Um. Hopefully I can drop them, do the videos and also perform them as well for you guys. So Amazing. So yeah, we look forward to hearing and seeing absolutely everything. And once again, Jazz, thanks a lot for joining us on Roots and Rhymes. Yeah, look forward to that, man. Thanks, man, guys. Respect, man. Peace out. Cheers. The 
UK is on red alert. As part of our commitment to the British Asian events industry, we're campaigning with We Make Events to help raise vital funds for those who can no longer work as a result of live events being cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. You can help by donating using the link in the description of this podcast, because together we can help make events again.